the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Coming up this hour, a big new day here on The Common Good as we welcome our new co-host, Aubrey Sampson. You are listening to The Common Good. Welcome to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. My name is Brian Fromm. Really glad to have you with us on what day is today? Wednesday afternoon. Excited to be with us. And as I said a minute ago, this is a big day. It's a big day. A huge day. <laughs> a massive day. It was free donut at Dunkin' Donuts this morning. <laughs> oh, Brian. You just <laughs> broke my heart a little bit there. No, that other voice you hear is not my guest co-host. It is my permanent co-host, right. Aubrey Sampson. Aubrey uh, this is a big day. This is a big day. I'm so excited. I've been making you take pictures. <laughs> yes. I, you know, we should have balloons in here, but I don't know where they are right now. But it is a big day. So for people to know how different it is now uh, since Ian and I were together, we're in the same studio that we're always in, but uh, it is now decorated. It's decorated. A woman came and therefore <laughs> she brought the decor. It reminds me of uh, before I got married, uh, I lived in our apartment. Uh, that then uh, Carrie and I got married and then she moved in. So it became our first apartment. Yeah. But I lived in it for like six months and it was the most just trashed bachelor thing <laughs> that she could ever imagine. Palace, yeah. And then we were like, oh, um, ah, probably a month out from our wedding. And I came home from work one day and it was all different. <laughs> You're Everything like, what happened? Was different. And I was like, okay, apparently that this is how it's going to go. So, yeah. yes. We at Women Nest, I feel like that's true of us. And I mean, yeah, we'll, ha- we'll have to share some pictures on social media. It's exactly. not too girly. I tried to keep it like on theme. No, it's great. I, I feel good about it. It's going to raise the bar. So, yeah, that's right. Uh, we even have a calendar on the wall. So we are going places. <laughs> We're but, official now. But Aubrey, as I've been saying, I'm real excited because uh, to have somebody else to talk to you. But it, it is uh, it, it is a big day. Like you and I are kind of charting a new course right, here right. for the common good. Uh, and I wanted to spend kind of our first couple minutes just reintroducing ourselves. What are we trying to accomplish? But I'm most curious, how are you feeling today? I am super excited, mm-hmm. really excited to be here. Um, it's fun. I mean, there's some novelty, right? It's fun just to leave my house and drive to the studio <laughs> yes. and be here, you know, not just be at home with my kids in my pajamas. So yes. that's really fun. I work from home and especially during COVID, I have worked from home for a year. So this is fun. And I'm excited to work with you excited to step into the work that you and Ian have done for the past two years and just see where God takes us. I feel like the future's ours. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's fun. I have, a lo- I have a lot of enthusiasm because I'm excited about Chicago. I'm excited about this radio station. I'm excited about the common good. So I can't yeah. wait. And uh, we're going to talk about who we each are, but I'm, I'm a little nervous because uh, you, you're striking up this this uh, this at least texting friendship with my wife that I think is going to get very dangerous for <laughs> so me. So <laughs> our listeners should know, we do have a texting relationship, yes. including what Brian should wear to the office today. Because so we're I, doing pictures, and all of a sudden, yeah. Carrie's like, Aubrey and I were talking, like, yeah. hold on Yeah, we, we coordinated a little bit, not matchy, we said not matchy-matchy, mm-hmm. but not clashy-clashy either. So <laughs> nice. we, don't, we don't need to be twins at work, Brian, yeah, yeah. but we don't need to look like, you know, opposites either. It was so, a 
I, I, I jokingly complain about like, hey, I'm 43. I can dress myself. Yeah, right. It was a wise move. Yeah, it was <laughs> it a good was move. A I mean, I have a move. husband, you know, who we've been married for 20 years and he's amazing. And over time, like sometimes this is maybe stereotypical, but women ha- often have to help their husbands in that in the fashion yeah. department. And that's OK. There's no shame in it. It's stereotypical for a reason. <laughs> Some stereotypes are true. <laughs> not all stereotypes are false, right? Like right. Uh, guilty as charged. Well, you mentioned your husband. Tell us about your family. Let's do yeah. well, It's not going to be an interview. I'll right. talk about mine a little okay. bit. And I do want to talk about just our hopes for the show, what we're trying to accomplish, because maybe we got some new listeners today who saw that you're on mm-hmm. and like, okay, I'd love to check this out. So tell us a little bit. Who is Aubrey Sampson? Yep. Aubrey Sampson is married to Kevin Sampson. Mm-hmm. We've been married for 20 years. Uh, we are church planters in West Chicago. We lead Renewal Church, which is a multi-ethnic reproducing church plant. We love it. We love our city. We love the church. We love the local church. We're mm-hmm. really passionate about that. Um, we have three sons. I hope it's okay if I say their names. Will they get mad at me? I'm going uh, for it. I'm listening. going for it. They're not listening. <laughs> uh, Eli, Lincoln, and Nolan. They are 14, 11, and 9. And so next year we have a high schooler. We're entering into your world you next are? year. We have a high schooler, a middle schooler, and an elementary schooler. So it is going next to year. be insane next year. That is where yeah, we are yeah. this year. Uh, so again, I, I'm married to Carrie. We've been married for... 21 years. My new best friend, Carrie. There you go. You're yep. texting, buddy. So we've been married for 21 years. And uh, I've got Madeline, Jackson, and Emily. Uh, Madeline is 17, a junior okay. in high school. We're looking at colleges. Unbelievable. Like, uh, it's too much. Yes. It's just too much. But she is 17. Uh, my son is 13. Okay. Uh, and he is in middle school. My daughter, Emily, is 11. Well, the way Downers Grove works, where we live, is... Uh, uh, elementary schools through sixth grade. And okay. so, of course, she's still in it this year. So, the, of course, COVID year is the only year we have three different schools with all these crazy <laughs> schedules. Right. They're L- one going this way, one going that way. Literally yeah. today was the first day all three of our kids are in for full days. Like, they've been in hybrid. They've been in. But today, I dropped wow. off Emily. I dropped off Jackson. And it felt like the first day of school because <gasps> there were a ton of people. You know, they've been splitting schools and there's a ton of people Yeah, everywhere. the carpool lanes have been actually easy. Now they're going to be crazy today. again. And I bet your wife just went, yes. I I, I think she probably is right deep now. deep sighs of relief. <laughs> yeah, our kids go next week yeah, full time. And I am so excited. It is nuts. Okay, so let's talk about this. Uh, dreams for the show. Uh, you know, because it does. you're not just stepping in trying to go, well, this is the way we always right, did things. Right. This is what we did. So you're taking a big leap here, right? You're like you said, you're an author, you're a mm-hmm. pastor, you're a mom. A lot of things. It's not like you were like, what can I do to fill my time? Right. I just got to <laughs> right, do this. So, right. uh, kind of, what are your dreams for the show? Why? Yeah. Why did you take this on? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, what I love about the Common Good and have loved about the Common Good is uh, what's in the name, right? Mm-hmm. That you and Ian have focused on. The things that we have in common in a world that is so divisive, especially amongst Christians right now, we seem more divided than ever. What do we have in common? What are the things that we can celebrate and share? And where we have differences, where can we find some common ground and some common respect? Mm -hmm. Uh, You, Brian, and Ian have done a great job of that. And so I'm excited to step into those conversations, keep going with them, um, and see, you know, as things unfold this calendar year, especially as the world opens up after mm-hmm. COVID and some things are going to come up because of that. Can we dig into that um, again, the common good 
and talk about the things that um, keep us united rather right. than divided. What about you? What are you excited about with a new season starting? Yeah, you know, for me, it's good to have someone else to talk to, to laugh. Like, <laughs> You've been I, on your own for a while. I have, and, and there's something, to, uh, one of the best, one of my favorite things about the show is just having fun. Right. Having someone else to laugh with and talk with and kind of process with. And so I'm certainly excited just for that. Uh, but two, I think we have the ability to have lots of interesting people come mm-hmm. through here. So it's a lot of you and I talking, but it's also a lot of like this author or this pastor or this, this ministry leader. or whatever. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so uh, bringing these people through town and bringing these people, you know, having them online or whatever uh, and, and just growing this community that says, hey, we're not going to agree about everything. You and I aren't going to agree right. about everything. Right. Uh, our guests, we're going to bring on people that we disagree with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying going to try to highlight local pastors and local ministries. And just, you know, I know a lot, most people that I interact with out there are trying to navigate life and not always be angry and not always That's be opinionated. So they, yeah. I, I think most of us are going, I don't like what's going on around us. I want to have some unity and I want to know how to think about mm-hmm. things. And uh, you know, we're, we're probably spending very little time telling you what to think, but right. we'll probably challenge you how to think and and how to process. And uh, we've done that over the last two and a half years, and we've made a lot of people mad. We've made a lot of people <laughs> excited. We've hopefully provided some laughs. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to continue that. And, like, yeah, I woke up today, and I was like, it is a new dawn. This is good. Then, I like, as I said, I drove through Dunkin' Donuts and got my iced tea, and they said, hey, it's a free, uh, free donut, donut Wednesday. Day. And I'm like, all things are coming up right today. Day. Okay, <laughs> what donut did you get? That's what uh, I, that feels important. It's always a jelly donut. 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 Well, that this might be our first disagreement because that's nasty. A donut you bite into and jelly comes out. No, it's a chocolate donut, Brian. Nope. That's nope. what it should have been. Not. I'll go nope. get my own on the way home. Yes, if you get a drink, they'll give you a free donut and uh, yeah, Love it. a big day. Well, we're super excited to have Aubrey here. Uh, not just as a guest host, but hey, now you're signed on for good. That's so it. Here I'm we stuck. Go. You're stuck with me, everyone. We hope you are encouraged, listeners, though, with the new show and empowered by what we're doing. Yes. And we're so excited to have you with us. Just follow us on social media, uh, on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, primarily at Common Good Talk. Also, go and download the podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. That really does help us. Well, Aubrey and I are both pastors, as we said. Uh, and so I want to have a little conversation coming up next about... Uh, COVID, what's it been like to pastor for you, for me? What's it look like to reopen the church? So many minefields out there. So many minefields. This will be a good one. We're going to step on them. Let's do that next here on The Common Good. AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Everybody, happy Wednesday. Welcome back to The Common Good here on AIM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. That's my right. name is Brian Fromm. No longer guest host or any of that. Aubrey Sampson on her first day today as the new co-host of The Common Let's Good. Let's hope it goes well because they're stuck with me. We you ho- guys are all stuck with me. I hope there's a day two. That would be a good thing. So we are we are thrilled if uh, we did a little bit of introduction here at the beginning of the show. Uh, but we just want to get off and running. And as I said, Aubrey, you're a pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and your husband started Renewal Church in West Chicago. I am a pastor of Four Corners Community Church in Darien. Yep. Uh, and so there's been this little thing called COVID over the last year. I don't I know. I haven't heard of it. I don't, I don't know what you're know talking about. If you are familiar with that, and I thought it'd be kind of fun and interesting for people to go. How? Let's just talk as pastors yeah. and as parents and as uh, you know, just individuals in the midst of this pandemic. Because this time last year, we were like, I'll never forget telling our staff, a couple of staff members at my church, and I remember saying, guys, it was about this time last year. I finally pulled them aside. I said. 
I think this might last till like July. Isn't like that I really think we need to to be prepared for yeah. this. Like I think this might keep. And I remember them looking at me like July. There's no way it's going to last that kidding? long. And right now we're 14 months or whatever. And so I would start by asking you this: What's it been like for you guys? Because mm-hmm. you guys have handled it differently at your church than we have at yeah. our church. So maybe yeah. tell people how have you handled it sure. and what's it been like. Sure. So part of it is because we're a church plant, we don't own a building. We have an office building in downtown West Chicago, but our church has always met at the West Chicago Community Center, which is called the ARC. Okay. And so we are under their guidelines. Gotcha. And because they're not a church, they're a public facility, We um, they still can't have groups of 50. They can't. So a lot of our decision was made for us. And in some ways that was yes. easier, right? Because mm-hmm. we didn't have to argue or pray or really wrestle with should we shouldn't we we just couldn't um so i give you a quick history we began just to meet in homes small mm-hmm. groups in homes we've done that throughout the year and some of those groups have met in person masks on some have met in person social distance with no masks some groups have met over zoom because they didn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. meeting together well now that things are beginning to open up um our first sunday back in over a year was easter That's sunday awesome. it was amazing but we had to find a different space, so we rented out an indoor soccer facility, which was really cool because kids and parents were all in the soccer field. Now, we still did masks, mm-hmm. so everyone had to wear masks, and we had people sit in pods, which was easy mm-hmm. to do because we're on this massive soccer Huge. field, so yep. families are together. And then we did some interesting things. I, it, the team who put it together was really thoughtful, but f- so for communion, we take communion every Sunday at mm-hmm. Renewal. Um, one person from the pod went up and got the little packaged communion elements, brought them back to the pod and did communion that way. Um, So our hope is to meet again next month. Okay. Uh, We'll have to find another facility. We're kind of thinking Mother's Day, Mm -hmm. uh, May 9th. And then our real hope and our prayer is that we can, in June, we can start meeting every Sunday. Hopefully at that point we can start taking masks off and just Mm -hmm. be a little freer. But I mean, you know, it was just interesting. We had hand sanitizer everywhere. And so I feel like we're maybe behind some of what other churches are doing just because we're now getting together. What are you guys doing? Yeah. So since the end of the summer, uh, we've been kind of more one of those churches that's kind of hybrid-y, right? And so we've limited it to, I don't know, 65 people on a Sunday morning. You got to sign up. You got to wear masks. Mm -hmm. And we kind of set up our sanctuary in kind of pod seating a little bit. Okay. Um, But man, it's just been so weird because then you've almost set up two churches. You've got your, your, your littler church where everybody's, they're coming. Like they're once the people who wanted to come, once you opened it, they're like every Sunday. Uh, But you know, there's all these other people Right. Uh, and I did a sh- all church survey recently, which it it really was interesting because we found out there's a bunch of people who are like, I'll come back when I'm vaccinated. OK, a whole nother crowd of people going, I'll come back when I don't have to wear a mask. And you're okay. like, whoa, OK, here we go. And so it's just been yeah, it's been super strange. And it's a hard thing to navigate. And I do feel like um, one, I'll say this. It was so good to be with the people of God worshiping God mm-hmm. together. I don't think I realized how much I missed it That's until right. we were there. I was like weeping because it was just good. Mm. It was so good. I was like, I'm, a, I'm still a Christian. Jesus, I love you. You know, it's just good to be with God's people. But I will say as a leader, this has been one of the hardest years because 100%. you and I and all church leaders that we know mm-hmm. have never led in a pandemic never. before. And yet, and I love our people. They have strong opinions about how we should be leading. Oh, my and people a, don't. Yeah. <laughs> Your people are fine. And so 
it has felt hard when yeah. you're making decisions out of literally not knowing what to do. All you're doing is getting all the information you can, praying, seeking God, getting wisdom from experts, mm-hmm. and moving forward as best you can. Yes. That might be right. That might be wrong. We might look back in 10 years and go, oh, we wish we should have done it this way, that way, that way. But I just I want to say to all the people, your leaders are doing the best they can. Yes. They've never led in a pandemic. Give them grace. Pray for them. Love them. Because this has been a hard year as a leader. It has been super hard, yeah. especially if you it's really tested, like, where's my worth and where's my mm. where's my security? Mm. Right. Because we don't know that everyone's coming back. We don't, we don't. know that half the people are coming back. Right. We don't know. Right. You don't know. And so if you're like me, you kind of go to worst case scenario. They're not coming back. Totally. <laughs> like you're right. You're right. Uh, and you start to hear the church up the street is doing it this yes. way. The church over here is doing it this way. We've been kind of in the middle. Right. Yeah. Like, but I'm sure you guys have heard it a lot from your people going, hey, that church is meeting. Yeah, why, why can't are we, we meeting? Meet? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what would you say? All right. I'm going to let you just step in here. We're going to go all in here. Oh, no. Here we go. There are churches right now meeting no mass. Yeah, we have we have very good friends who run a church, and they just declared, we're done with masks, church is on. What is the thought process behind that, and what do you think about that? Yeah, so for them, I, kn- I know their, um, their decision is because they have a huge population of people in the city that their church I- is located in that doesn't know Jesus mm. and won't go to church if you have to wear masks. They're of the population in that city that, like, we, we're anti-maskers. We don't want to put them on. And this church is to the point now they're like, okay, listen, we want people to come to the Lord. We mm. don't want there to be any boundaries between people and Jesus, people in the gospel. So if it means taking off masks now, it's been a year. People are getting vac- vaccinated. Things are opening up a little we're just going to do it because we want people to hear the gospel. And I that made sense to me. Yeah. Um, because it's not that they're throwing caution to the wind. It's that they're kind of saying, at this point, for our people, the greater good is we want them to hear Jesus. Mm. We want Or know Jesus. We want them to hear the gospel message. We want them to find a local church. We're going to take away any boundaries to that. It would be interesting to know. Maybe you know the answer. And I don't want to focus on your one friend. But sure, just sure, in sure. general, it would be interesting to know if there's been pushback from the other side, then I'm not coming. I was curious about that too. I don't know the answer to that yet. I know, um, I, you know, it's hard. I'll just say it's It's hard. It's very hard. And right now, Kevin and I were just looking in West Chicago where we are, the COVID numbers are rising again. And so do you keep watching those numbers or do you just finally say, okay, at some point enough of the population Mm -hmm. is vaccinated, we move forward. How are you sort of processing what's next? I did notice numbers going up, but for me... I'm trying to show, I'm trying to write an email actually today that says, hey, here's the process. Here's the phases that we're going to Mm. do. Like, I know churches are under no regulations, but we are under recommendations. And I'm trying to keep to those as much as possible. Uh, It's interestingly, you do have those groups of people who are like, open, 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 get off the mess. There's other people who are like, no, no, we have to keep be tighter. And my, my point is like, hey, if we followed the CDC or mm-hmm. the Illinois Department of Health. If mm-hmm. we've tried to follow them and they're saying you can open up more, then who am I to be like, nope, you guys are being right. reckless now. Right. And so we kind of have to have it both ways. For me, we're still masked. I think there will be a stage here where people can take off masks at their seat. Yeah. Uh, and then, but eventually I'm trying to paint the picture for our church. We're like, here's the last phase where we're going to start reaching the community again. There you like go. it's been so inner. That's one of the hard parts of this year. It's been so inner focus it has been what can we do mm-hmm. when are we meeting mm-hmm. do we have to wear a mask because kids ministry is hard we don't really have it up and running kind of we don't right now yeah. and you're just like i don't know so uh, it's hard we didn't even talk about the vaccine question that we were going to talk right about. that's a whole other <laughs> minefield we'll right later because 
Uh, I think you and I both have thoughts about the vaccine. Mm-hmm. But uh, coming up next, I did want to talk about this article I saw. Uh, John MacArthur, well-known pastor, uh, he said, it's too late for America. We're under judgment. Interesting take there from John MacArthur. We're going to talk about it next here on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. My name is Brian Fromm. Glad to have you with us here on this Wednesday afternoon, joined again for the first day by a new co-host, Aubrey Sampson. First day! First day. We didn't talk, by by the way, about the fact that we're both Wheaton grads. Oh, we should talk about that. And that you were a year behind both Carrie and I at Wheaton, and I don't think we ever met. I don't think we ever met either, but you knew my husband, Kevin. Knew him well, And yes. there will be some airtime where we talk about crazy Kevin stories, oh, probably. Not just some airtime. <laughs> <laughs> I did know, because I was friends with a lot of football players, and guy, he was on the football team, yep. and so, he, yeah, we would hang out often. So That's awesome. Um, yes, but, I was in the very artsy theater crowd at Wheaton. So I didn't hang out with a lot of jocks, but then I fell in love with Kevin across the cafeteria. Yeah, uh, okay. I do need to know. <laughs> how did we meet? How did you How did meet? this happen? Because Kevin is a football guy. You yeah. said, and, and I don't, like, I don't think you guys were dating when I was there. No, I'm sure we weren't. Because I, well, I was a year ahead of you. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, this is kind of inside baseball. People might not care, but they care about our lives if yeah. they're listening. How did you guys even meet? So, I mean, it is kind of funny. What people may not know about Wheaton College, at least when we were there, this mm-hmm. may not be true now, but it really was sort of like the Breakfast Club 80s, like groups were divided and they <laughs> sat in different places in the cafeteria. So and, true. you know, it's so weird. Um, so we... I was selling tickets for a play. Again, I was in the theater. And one of his good football friends, a guy named Aaron Ashoff, I don't know if you know him, I did he not was know younger, him, yep. um, really liked a girl that was in the play. Okay. So they came to buy tickets. And it was the first time Kevin and I ever met. And he immediately was like, who's that? <laughs> and I began to ask around and then sort of would just like show up where I was on campus. Like that all of a sudden, there, here's this guy. And we officially met because we were both at a Christmas party. And I hope this is okay to say he and some of the football players were being a little bit mean to public safety. It happens. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe (laughs) eggs were involved. It's probably not okay now, but when we were in school, it happened. Now it ends up on the front of the Chicago Tribune. But yes, it did happen Um, back then. So they were running. They were on the run. And at this party, I was cold. This guy is standing next to me, hands me his jacket, and then leaves. It ends up being Kevin. And the jacket then becomes the foil for like, Oh, I need to get your jacket to you. Oh, don't worry. I don't need my jacket yet. You know, and Kevin and I met and talked over that and we started dating and that was our senior year. So we fell in love and and got married about a year later. So you do know the context that uh, you and I have talked about this, I think, but he's uh, one of his roommates, I think, senior year, at least good friends, Colin Quinn. Yes. Colin was my roommate for years at Wheaton. Oh, okay. I love Colin and his wife. They're awesome. Okay. How did you and Carrie meet at Wheaton? The most Wheaton way you could ever meet. Freshman year. Stop. No, this is really funny. Freshman year, uh, literally the first week of school, uh, Carrie and I met in a van going to church. Oh, you guys are a lot better than me and Kevin. But we didn't start dating. <laughs> we were da- you know, we didn't start dating until the beginning of our junior year. But Oh, okay. So you were friends for a while. We were. Healthy. And, yeah, kind of. But uh, yeah, so we, it was really weird because we'd almost start dating and then we wouldn't. Okay, One yeah. One of us would be dating somebody dating else. Dating at Wheaton is so weird anyway. It was, yeah. it was. And so, um, yeah, we'll tell this story sometime because my wife and I have different opinions on it. But uh, 
we came back to school junior year, and and my memory of it is she had been dating someone in the summer, and she's like, she just ran up to me and was like, I broke up with him. And I was like, here we go. Now's my moment. But, you know, in the most Wheaton way ever, we became friends. We met just hopping in a van because at Wheaton, you eat breakfast if you want on Sunday morning. And if you're one of the Wheaton students who goes to church, they have vans lined up and you can just hop in one. She was in the van. I was Uh, in the van. Look at that. Yep, and, uh, and the rest is history. The rest is a is a weird history. But yeah, we started dating <laughs> junior year, and okay. then uh, they got married right after right nice. after college. So. How fun! And twenty one years later, here you 21 are. Twenty one years, three it. children, yep. and here we are. So I'm actually a grad student at Wheaton and now Wheaton now. So I'm never going to leave Wheaton. Apparently, I'm there You're for life. There now, I, I got am my grad, there now. I got my grad degree. So this is really nice. my family and extend and my in law. It's so Wheaton. Where uh, my wife and I both went to Wheaton. Uh-huh. I have a brother. He went to Wheaton. No way. Well, wait till you hear this. Carrie has three siblings. All went to Wheaton. Stop. Carrie's mom went to Wheaton. And then Whoa. it starts to go out from there. And so it's just a very kind of Wheaton set. My brother-in-law went to Wheaton. It's it's really wild. Wow. And so, uh, but my daughter, who's now looking at schools, <laughs> has made it very clear she doesn't want to go to Wheaton. Oh, okay. And Why? Because she lives like 10 minutes Yeah, yeah. It's not and as so cool when you live nearby. I told her. That's I true. said, Mads. I, her name's Madeline. I call her Mads. I'm like, I totally get it. Yeah. It makes me a little sad, but yeah. I totally get it. I lived 12 hours away and came to Wheaton. But Wow. So she's breaking the generational cycle. This is like a big decision for her. <laughs> it's probably why. It's, it's, probably, it's like, good. It's good. I'm a new like, path. Fine, Mads. If you're not for Christ in his kingdom, go somewhere else. <laughs> Go, go to one somewhere. of those lesser Christian schools out there. <laughs> Just go somewhere else. But you're getting there having to figure out, navigate college discussions. That's amazing, Brian. It's wild. It's yeah. wild. Her and I went on a college visit last week to Hope and to Calvin. Oh, nice. Those are great schools. Awesome. How did it great. feel to see your baby girl on campus? It was good. It was good. good. Hope, it, Hope it felt like Wheaton a little bit to me. So okay. it was really good. Cool. I, it kind of made me like, I don't know that she'll go there, but it was kind of like, Oh, there is like you had a sense of, of like peace about it. Uh, we were leaving, and I told her, and I said, "I don't want to put pressure on you, but I could see you here." Oh, that's like, cool. I, and there's gonna be a ton of other schools yeah. we're gonna look at, yeah. and all of this stuff. Uh, but yeah, uh, before we uh, earlier, I said to people, "We're gonna talk a little bit about something John MacArthur said." Uh, and so, let me just tell you the headline that I saw because okay. I saw it, and I was like, "Huh, it's a very John MacArthur thing to say," and I don't know what I think about it. John MacArthur said, "It's too late for America. We're under." judgment uh that it was out of his sermon that was titled too late for grace when a nation rejects god and he talks about the parable of the vineyard owner uh and and he goes on to basically say it's too late for america and i want to know a i don't even want to know if you agree with him but what do you think of just a pastor taking that stance from a pulpit millions of people listen to john MacArthur, read his books he has been out there especially during covid Mm -hmm. we all we've gone down that path but just that posture what do you think of that posture of kind of fire and brimstone, mm-hmm. America's too far out? Mm-hmm. What, what do you just think of that? I think it begs the question, then what was the cross for? Mm. Because to me, not to me, biblically, the, the wrath and judgment of God was put on Jesus on the cross. And mm-hmm. was the cross enough or not? Mm. And I, I guess I understand that he's... The concern is perhaps that America has turned away from God, has turned away from Jesus. What I'm actually seeing is a more authentic faith. Mm. So there was a cultural Christianity that actually wasn't authentic, that is dying, and I'm glad to see it die. Mm. And now there is a rebirth of people who are actually passionate about 
what did Jesus say? Like, what what are the cultural trappings that we have? Let's lose those and let's follow what Jesus actually says. That's let's good. let's uh, let's get rid of the the sexism and let's get rid of the racism and let's find who Jesus is. Mm. I'm seeing a more authentic Christianity rising up. That's good. When I read this, I had a light bulb that went off when I said this. Because at first, I had much the same thought you did, like, oh, what's even helpful about this? But then my, I, I had kind of this epiphany. Tell me what you think about this. It was this, uh, maybe it's too, maybe America, it's too late for America, but it's not too late for Americans. There you go. <laughs> That's good. About, if you want to talk about where's the nation. Where's sure. That, fine. That's fine. Sure. But but the second we start saying that the Americans, people are too far gone. And mm-hmm. I don't think MacArthur would say that necessarily, but I'm not even sure it's too helpful to be like, the nation is under judgment. I don't, know what that even means well that's what i was gonna say so if he's right what does that it it almost it almost goes to what we've talked about before like hey don't make it about the nation that's it and so i i that was kind of because when i first read it i was like man what a what a sad statement to make uh i i hope he followed up at some point though and was like hey but for you americans for people use this what I'm telling you as an opportunity to focus on the cross, to right. get your mind humble off yourself of, before the Lord yes, in return. Yes. Yeah. And so I don't know that it's helpful, but it, that, that was kind of the epiphany for me as I read it was just, um, Hey, maybe What do you think in general about these big name pastors with these massive following sort of making these blanket blanket statements like that? So never having been a big pastor, yeah. I, I think there is a temptation probably there's an arrogance that comes that says everybody wants to hear what I say. And right. there's a there's almost like a bulletproofness that says no matter what I say, people are going to. And, yeah. and I, I think it's dangerous. I think yeah. it's uh, I, and again, I've never been in those shoes. But sometimes when you see people who have had large followings for a long time, there almost is this feel to me that says I've got to say something big or I can say something big. Right, right. Uh, or people are expecting me to say something big. It does feel like John MacArthur's kind of been going out like. You know, he's got a certain number of years left in ministry, uh-huh. probably. Feels like guns are blazing Yeah, right he's now. just saying it all. He's <laughs> getting it all out. Everything feels, he has ever wanted to say. It feels it like out. it. It feels like it. Well, coming up next, uh, I want to talk to you about something I saw on Twitter. I do that every now and then. Just scroll through Twitter. Oh, I can't wait for this. And it's by a very famous actor. I want to read it to you and get your reaction. Coming up next year on The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Welcome back to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Day one of the Aubrey Sampson experiment. That's, That's what right. we're going to call it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. The Aubrey Sampson experiment. How's it going? Rate us. Tell us on Facebook how you think it's going. Vote. Day two. Yes or no? <laughs> Check yes if you like Aubrey. If you haven't been with us uh, earlier today, Aubrey uh, Sampson is our new co-host of The Common Good. So her and I... Uh, for better or for worse, the the ship is sailing You're now. You're stuck with Here us, we people. Are. We're, we're out of the port. We're excited. It's going to be fun. What we'd ask you to do is, A, give us a chance. Listen from 4 to 6, or if you can't listen from 4 to 6, listen uh, either online at 1160 Hope, also on our uh, podcast. Get our podcast wherever it is. You get your podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. That helps people find it more easily. And by the way, someone asked me yesterday, hey, can I find you on Alexa? Because I don't have radio. And I said, yes, you can. You All can. you have to say is, Alexa, turn on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, The Common Good. And she does. Did I tell you our Alexa story? I, f- I feel like you have, but tell me again because I can't remember. Ian uh, gave me homework. He was like, hey, your your job is, you have an Alexa, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, your job is to just go to Alexa and to see if you can get the show. And it took me three months to do it. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I did it, and it works. But you did it. So that's exactly what I feel like I better. win because I did it on our first day together, Brian. Good. Congratulations. So I get a trophy for that. Overachiever. <laughs> uh, that's me. So uh, what is your favorite social media? If you had to choose between fr- uh, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, r- uh, rate the three. Instagram all day long. Mm-hmm. I like its personal nature, and I feel like people are kinder on Instagram. Uh, next would probably be Facebook because you could have some fun discussions on Facebook. Uh, and then I'm also on Twitter. And I, I feel like you have to be a lightning rod on Twitter or you're not really worth following. And I'm trying to be a lightning rod, but you might have to help me. I don't, I don't, you know, uh, I, I'm think not quite, I think your husband can help you on that. My, one. <laughs> husband is, my husband is a great Twitter follow. He is, he's got the opinions. Okay. What are, how, rate yours? I think I like Twitter the most, but a complete opposite reason from what you were just saying. I rarely ever tweet, but I almost use it as my news source. Mm-hmm. So I follow a bunch of it is good for that. Christian authors yeah. or, you know, uh, baseball writers yeah. or whatever else. Then probably Facebook. I just haven't gotten into Instagram enough. Like, that's where I'm like the old guy. I'm like, I don't get this Instagram. <laughs> I don't belong here. What are these young folks doing? I'm literally only on Instagram because my daughter is. And so <gasps> we said, Does okay. Did she know that? Oh, no. We were told. Oh, she that was, was told, like her rule. You can get on Instagram, but mom and dad yeah. are getting on. I and we're going to follow you. I feel like that's you. very good parenting right yeah, there. And we're going to talk later. I, I am curious about uh, kind of social media rules for you mm. and kind of how you view social media. But yeah. you might be wondering, well, okay, then what are we going to do now? Twitter. I was I was just scrolling through Twitter, came upon a tweet by Denzel Washington. Oh, love that man. Favorite love Denzel, Denzel Washington Denzel. movie. Go. <gasps> There's too much pressure. Nope, There's one. Uh, what's the one where he's like the dirty cop and Ethan Hawke's in it, and he's like he's a bad man. <laughs> I can't I can't think of the you name. Choose it's a the great one where movie. Denzel is a bad man. Yeah, okay. he's such a good bad man in it. I, I like Fences, the August Wilson one he did recently. It was really good. Okay, what about you? What's I your favorite? I, I, I would go. I, this is why we're gonna going to be good co-hosts because we're going to go opposite. I'm going. Uh, remember the Titans. I'm going, remember, I'm going Disney movie. You're going sports movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll be honest. I kind of forgot about that one until you just said it. That tells you something. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the title of the one I love, though. So. That's true. Right. That's true. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go with that one. So, OK. So Denzel Washington, uh, he he wrote this. So nothing about really his movie career, but just I thought this was impre- uh, interesting. Okay. Uh, and so I wonder if you agree with it and what do we do with it? He said. If you died tonight, your employer your employer would advertise to fill your job role by the end of the month. But your loved ones, chosen family and friends, would miss you forever. Mm. Don't get too busy making a living that you forget to work wow. on making a life. What do you think of that? Say the last one because that's so tweetable. Don't get too busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Yes. Wow, that's so... That is, see, that's why Twitter is so good. It is good. You know what I like about that is that um, Denzel seems to do that. He seems to be one of those Hollywood actors that's sort of out of the fray and seems to be very faithful to his wife yep, and yep. to his family. By the way, Training Day, it just came to me, is the name of the movie that I love. I was I about to say it because I was, I was going to tell you our producer, Debbie, she texted me and she said, Training Day. Thanks, Debbie. There you go. Yeah, there he's you a go. bad cop and he's a good <laughs> cop because he's so bad. Um, But... I do think, you know, I am, we've joked about this. I am an overachiever. Mm -hmm. I'm writing, I'm speaking, I'm now doing the show with you, Brian. I am in grad school. I'm a mom. You're a pastor. Mm -hmm. You're a dad. You're balancing the show as well as other things. And there can be a tendency if we're not careful to place our identity, Mm -hmm. our hope, our meaning in the things we do. That's right. 
rather than who we are. And at the end of the day, when we die or when we're at our last days, what are we going to look back and mm-hmm. care about? It's going to be the people that we love. It's yes. going to be our family. It's going to be our neighbors. Did we love them as much as we always wanted to? So it's like really good reminder. Yeah. So how do you do that? Oh. How, that's the $64,000 question because yep. there's nothing written here by Denzel Washington that I'm not like, amen. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah, we, we've joked at the church. This is a kind of a dark joke, but we've always joked at the church because I started the church with another pastor uh, that if we had a head elder who used to say, if Brian gets hit by a bus, if Brian gets hit by a bus, we need to make sure the church can keep going. And That's, I'm amen. Yes. But that is what he's speaking of. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you were to die, your your job, they're going to fill you. They're going to replace, replace you, you, but they can't replace me as a dad. Right. Or, right. you know, whatever else as a husband. Um but the question is, I, I believe everything about this, uh, but the $64,000 question is every day I've got things to do. Yes. I've got goals. Yes. I've got dreams. Uh, and that, that God has given you good goals and good dreams. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it becomes, you know, your book that you're writing mm-hmm. is important mm-hmm. to get out there. Mm-hmm. I think what we do on this show is important. Uh, getting a church that's reaching the community is important, but it all takes time. And so the real question when I read stuff like this, and and I'm going to. I'm going to let you answer it for me. Great, Brian. Thank you. How? How do you how, actually? Uh, how do you live a life that is prioritized in this way that yeah. we, to quote him, we don't get too busy making a living that we forget to work on making a life? How do we do this? This is where we need to bring in like a 85-year-old who has been yes. faithful to his or her spouse and loves his children well and get their wisdom because I feel like <laughs> I don't know. I'm battling this myself. I can tell you two things, Okay. One thing that I began to do this year is anytime I internally uh, feel that tendency to um, strive or achieve in a way that is no longer Mm -hmm. healthy, in a way that is not God honoring, in a way that becomes about me rather than about the glory of God, I have just learned by the grace of God to go, oh, Lord, I'm doing that thing again Mm -hmm. or I'm trying to be God when I do this. I am putting my identity in all the wrong things. Lord, I'm so sorry. Here, this is yours. I will actually like pretend like I'm handing it to God. God, this is yours. You are God. I am not. Take this. Mm -hmm. And I just have to kind of continually come back to that posture of it's not about me. It is about the glory of God and the kingdom of God. And so I would say that's the second thing too, right, is. These things do matter. Like you said, I think the show matters because we're putting hope in people's headphones. I think the work you do as a pastor matters because you're sharing the gospel and you're discipling people. And um, let's keep it under that umbrella of mission for God. And so that includes loving our family. That includes loving our neighbors. If if we're living on mission, then those things will fall into place. If Mm -hmm. we're seeking first the kingdom of God, everything else will fall into place rather than seeking the other things first, right? right? What about you? How do you do it, Brian? Yeah, no, we're out of time. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I think those are awesome, what you just said. For me, it becomes about family in this stage of life right now. Like, okay, I've got to prioritize my family. And some of it's really simple. Like, hey, I could go answer emails or do whatever, Mm. but I'm going to close my laptop and I'm going to go play with my kids. I'm going to throw a ball with my son. That's awesome. Uh, I'm really big on vacations. I really... I'm high-fiving you across the studio right uh, now. Vacations for me uh, with my kids and my wife I have are the greatest memories I have. That's true. And so I'm, I'm going to prioritize the, hey, when their breaks are coming up, we're going to figure a way to get out of town. Yeah, that's this good. summer, we're going to go somewhere, even though I have a job at a church, I have a job at a radio station. Mm-hmm. My wife has, you know, like it's hard. It's hard to go on vacation. It costs money. Right. Uh, but I want to prioritize vacations. So I want to do things. I, I want to be present when I'm home. As best as I can. 
Uh, doesn't mean it's you don't good. ever do the dishes. Right. Doesn't mean we're over it, but we're going to have fun and we're going to be present as a family. That's good. And I'm going to do special things with my family that when I look back one day, when my kids are all in college and it's just my wife and I, we're going to look back and go, hey, remember that? Like that was, and as opposed to like, oh, I really yeah, wish. Yeah, you want to have no regrets. Like, remember yeah. we have this memory and that memory. And okay, say the, say the last part of the tweet one more time. Our man Denzel Washington, don't get too busy making a living that you forget to work on making a life. Ugh. I think it's Preach. just, it is, it, there you go. I think that preaches. I think that is good rule to live by. Well, guess what? We get an hour in. We've done our first hour together. Congratulations the to us. Good. Uh, they're going to let us do a second hour. So coming up next, I want to talk a little bit about social media. How do you and I, uh, as just pastors and people, how do mm-hmm. we go about social media? But I also want to ask it because we have kids that are of the social media yes. age. What do you do with that? We're going to talk about that next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Coming up this hour, we're going to talk about social media. What's a good way to navigate your own social media? And then I'm going to ask Aubrey, what are the top five things you've watched over the last year? I love this question because I love watching things. (laughs) You're listening to The Common Good. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Really glad to have you with us as our maiden voyage. That's uh, right. Aubrey and I together as two co-hosts here on The Common Good. Excited to start that off today. i got to be honest. When I first, when we first were talking about hiring you, I was sure I was going to struggle calling you Audrey versus Aubrey. <laughs> I'm sure you get that a lot, but I feel like I'm good. I feel I like get I'm clear Audrey, here. I get Omri. I get, no, I do. I get all kinds of things. Amber. I get Amber a lot, but you've said Aubrey really well. You if you Amber. call me Audrey, I'm just going to call you Ryan and it'll just be the Ryan and Audrey show. That'll be the, like our spinoff show. How do people go from Aubrey to Amber? <laughs> it happens a lot. I think they're just like a name. It has a B in it. It's got to be Amber. It's got to be. Aubrey is an unusual name, to be fair. No, I just Aubrey and Audrey. Just you know, yeah, that yeah. one's very close. Yeah. I could see messing that one up. <laughs> Aubrey to Amber. It feels like a big leap to me, but great. Now that one's going to be in my head. Now Sorry, we're in you're trouble. just calling me Amber. No, we're in trouble. All right. The world we live in is very driven by social media. Uh, you, We talked earlier in the show that you're an Instagram person. Yep, love Instagram. Um, I'm more of an old person, so I tend to be on Facebook more. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna position this like you're young and I'm old. Okay, we're, we're I'm a different generation than you. How old are you? I mean, I'm Am the same age as you. I'm 43 years old. And when's your birthday? March 20th. I just turned 43. You just turned 40. So I, I we're about you, a year. We're about 10 months difference. I'm I'm coming up in May, May the 4th. I'm coming up on uh, 44. But but yeah. mentally and um, energy wise, I'll be the youthful one. Well, we'll, we'll the, position the, me as the youthful one, the and people, you'll be the old man. The people, the grumpy will go, old man. The people will go nameless. But <laughs> there was a meeting here at the station in which uh, somebody mentioned that they were happy that Aubrey was coming on because of her youthfulness. And yeah, I was like, they were. Bring, I was bringing a, a youthful perspective, and Ryan's like, "Wait, <laughs> we're the like, same age." We are months and I just said, "Yes, that's other. true. That's true. I am bringing a youthfulness." Oh my gosh! So thank so you that, for that. Uh, that. So now I'm going to go. I'm diving full in on like the grumpy old. You'll man. You'll be the like, grumpy old man. You'll be the boomer. I do have that in me. If yeah. I'm going to be honest, I've got that in me. So it's not <laughs> that far off, but. Uh, yeah, I found that that funny. But we so, are the same age, everyone. Just to be clear, I just happen to be more youthful more than Brian youthful. is. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that rubs off. So, uh, social media. So here's what makes the social media discussion interesting. Uh, just not only what are what do you do with it? Because mm-hmm. you're a writer. Yep. You are a pastor. Yep. You're 
You see, so for now a radio host, you've got to be in social media. It's a way to publicize and stay connected Definitely. to people. We also have children yes. who are getting to that age. Mine are 17, 13, and 11. I think you said 14. 14, 11, and 9. So the yep. social media world, once your kids Ooh. are getting there, is a real – got people who are like, my kid's not going to have a phone till they're 16. Right. And other people have Instagram accounts when they're like five. It's and so you're true. Like, I don't know what to do. And so uh, – and then seeing the social dilemma. Yes. Works. I mean, that'll, oh. that'll wreck you. That Everybody will wreck you, and it. everyone should just turn off their phones from now on. Well, but that's it's difficult. I, here, let's start there. You watch Social Dilemma on Netflix. Yes. I've talked about it on the show before. It will really jar you about yes. social media and the world around it. Did it change anything for you? Um, that is a great question. It changed for maybe two weeks, <laughs> and then I just went back to my old habits. Yes. I... I did turn off my notifications because one of the things that the social dilemma talked about was how uh, your social media will intentionally notify you very consistently so that you're almost returning to your phone or to the platform like a drug. Yes. And so I turned that off because I thought it doesn't need to have that power over me Mm -hmm. if I'll check when I want to check. Yeah. And then I did go on some forums to find out more about like ethic social media. They recommended some other sites. I never went on TikTok. Like there are a few things I just decided I'm not going to be a part of. Um, I will say it scared me for about two weeks. And then again, I went back to normal. Did it, did it change anything for you? Yeah. It it was at least eye opening. by the way, that you missed the memo that there will be a common good show TikTok uh, account. So (laughs) we're going to do some dance routines. People will be very excited for that. Uh, The best part of the social dilemma for me was that it may be more aware. Uh, I like to put it this way. I've always known that, that they're using social media and other things to sell to you. Right. right. Amazon, Google, Facebook, whatever else it might be. What you realize with the social dilemma is they're not just reacting to what you look at. They're crafting what you look at. Yes. Like they're kind of forming your opinion. Yes. And that was scary. That was scary. Yeah, that was scary. But uh, honestly, it hasn't changed that much for me. Um, so what, how would you, what would you say are the positives in your life and the negatives yeah. of social media? Um, I would say the positives are the connection. I mm-hmm. do feel like I am friends with people that I wouldn't – and I put friends in quotes. I am social media friends with people I wouldn't otherwise be friends with because yep. we find we have some common ground. We're communicating about the same things. I mean I even have book endorsers for my next book that I only know through social media. That so right? that's kind of fun. Yeah. In fact, I have a friend who I met on social media and we – happened to run into each other at an airport in Colorado Springs. And that was a no bizarre way. kind of, uh, you know, flipping the way that you meet people. That yes. was kind of interesting. Um, I will say I love learning from people on social media. Mm-hmm. I love um, when people are very real on social media. Experts especially, it's fun to learn from. And then I like recommendations, what people are watching, because mm. I love the arts. So what yep. people – or restaurants, where people are eating. The downside, of course – is that it sucks you in and you forget to live your own life. Going back to our segment where we talked about the uh, Denzel Washington quote, you forget to make a life because you're busy staring at your phone. You can get into that social media comparison game Mm -hmm. and think other people are doing X, Y, Z, and why aren't you? And then you can, um, you know, because they are feeding you, it can fire some of your own opinions to the point where all of a sudden you're like mad at somebody That's on right. social. And you have to be careful. Like, wait, is this controlling my emotion? Yep. Or am I submitting my emotion to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Okay, you. Yeah, the positives echo chamber, and negatives. The echo chamber is really dangerous. The echo chamber is, is, and yeah. I think that's the biggest negative. Like you, this is 
much of what we see in our country isn't just, oh, it just so happens this was a divisive uh, election season. No, no. It, the, social media made it divisive. Social media yeah. made it divisive. And so yes. did people. And But the echo chamber that people get into where they go, how could anybody think of, positively about Biden? Right. It's because they're reading all this stuff or vice versa. How could any, any Trump person is this? Well, no, you're reading this stuff. And so that's the danger. I do enjoy uh, you know, seeing pictures of old friends. To, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not from out here. I'm from New Jersey. So it allows me to keep up with some people that yeah, that's way. Fine. Uh, so it is good. Uh, I, I I also get a lot of my information from Twitter. Yep. I, I constantly, though, I'm like, I need to be on this less. And then I've realized, I, okay, today went by and I wasn't on it any less. <laughs> so, Do you ever take social media Sabbaths? I have. It's been a while. Yeah. I have where you literally take it off your phone. Mm-hmm. No, it's a good idea. What about your kids? What do you do about your kids? So we are just at the age where our 14-year-old is kind of beginning to move. He has his own phone. Mm-hmm. He's beginning to move into the world of social media. We have not let him have Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't let him do any social media. He's on a, a different social media called Discord that some of the yes. some of the kids are on. I've never heard of it. Yeah, they, they sort of chat and play games with one another. I mean, he's into gaming, so I would say his his social life comes out that way mm. on the games instead of on Instagram. But I feel like, okay, when it's time, when he says, Mom and Dad, we want to, uh, I think for us, we're just going to be checking it diligently, talking about honoring God when you're on it. And probably he's not going to like this, but doing like random phone checks like, all right, give me give me your phone, buddy. Give me your computer, buddy, without warning. And we're just going to see what he's posting. Now, I the thing I fear is any teenager can get on there and have a secret. They're they're smarter than us. You know, I'm not dumb. I was a teenager once. I'm so youthful. I was just a teenager. Uh, What do you do with your kids? So my kids are a little ahead of yours, and uh, they're on Instagram. They've got their own phones. Partially, we weren't – when it's your youngest, it's hard to hold them back when other ones – you know. And That's so true. They go faster. And also, we got, quite frankly, a better deal on our phones and this and that. But the one rule that I, that we have that we have not given up even on our 17-year-old is I can look at – as long as I'm paying for your phone, I can look at it at any That's time. That's it. Right. Uh, she's not thrilled about that, but yeah. uh, we can do it. But like you said, there's oh, – a lot of uh, social media with our kids, I think, has to be going back to what are you building into your kids before they're on social media? Mm, because that's you good. said if they're going to fi- figure out a way to hide from you on Snapchat, they're going to figure out a way. I don't right. understand Snapchat. Right, that's right, how, right. That's how the kids these days are talking. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I don't think we should be scared of social media, but I also think people need to be honest about it. It's not a That's neutral good. platform. It is not neutral. That's and, a good uh, point. It, it is important. Okay, we're going to try something uh, coming up next that uh, that's, a, that's a little bit of a risk. But, hey, it's our first day. Let's give it a try. I'm going to ask you a top five list, top five things you've watched over the past year. Oh, a pandemic year. Lots of good things. I want to know. And I, then I thought to myself, do I even have five? But we'll figure it out. We're going to talk about that next year on The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Everybody, welcome back to the Common Good AM 1160. Hope for your life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. We're really glad to have you joining us on a beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Gorgeous out there. Do you think we're past the possibility of it snowing? So I, I'm questioning that because I want to put my like back porch decor out, and I, I don't know. Last year, it's it snowed on May 15th. No, it did. Yes, it did. It was a brief snow, but it did. So yesterday, my wife went. Full backyard decor. <gasps> she did. Yeah, I mean, there was, okay. I got home and there was a pool out back for the dogs. Oh, wow. The kids were doing what we call a, 
uh, we have a trampoline in the backyard. Yeah, nice. And so we'll just uh, we'll put a uh, a sprinkler underneath. I it, love that. And That's they call, awesome. They call it water tramp, and they were doing it for two hours <laughs> yesterday. I was like, That's awesome. I just walked into summertime, and Carrie had pulled out everything: umbrellas, okay. the she lights, the chairs. So okay. if it snows. Uh, but yeah, I think I think uh, I, I'm gonna make a call. I think we're past it. I think the we're problem going. is the rains are gonna come. Yeah, I feel like the rains and the tornado stuff the tornado. starts coming, and so I'm Tornadoes. like, where do we live? Where do we live? <laughs> we're in Kansas all of a sudden. Oh man, tornado season. It's winter, spring, tornado, and away <laughs> right? we go. Uh, it does get rainy, so we shall see. Okay, we're gonna try this. A top five list. If this goes well, oh. we're gonna we're gonna make this a regular part of the show where we where we just kind of go. Okay, okay, give me your top five. Uh, you know. Mid-80s, uh, you know, movies or okay, something like that. Okay, this is fun. So here we go. Top five things that you've watched over the past year. It's You're going pandemic. first this time, Brian. We will do a draft. Okay, well, okay, one, draft. You go one, I like it. I we'll like start, it. You can start any way you want. Uh, so it doesn't have to be new stuff. I, If people have listened to this show before, they are going to know. I'm going to sound like the old guy again. Like I watch, Well, that's your role. Like We've I just decided. watch NCIS all day. I'd say <laughs> but, but like I tend to not. Uh, I tend to just like watch sports or this okay. or that. I, I okay. don't have a ton, but I will start. I will go first with my favorite thing that I've, the only thing I've binged watched. And oh. I did it on my phone on our flight to Arizona. This I feel uh, very excited week. about this. Uh, uh, many people have watched this. Drum I was in fact, late to the game. I binge watched all 10 episodes of Ted Lasso. So I spoke to the owner of the Sun. You spoke to God? No, the newspaper. Oh. And he has agreed to not run the photo of you and Keeley. MVP! MVP! <gasps> Ted Lasso's on my list, too! I loved it. Ted Lasso's an amazing show. What did you love about Ted Lasso? Why? So, I loved it because it was so uh, positive. That's what I was thinking. Uh, yes. Jason Sudeikis is the perfect person in there. And it was it was so perfect because there were so many moments where you're like, oh, this is where it's going to get awkward. This is where he's going to get mad at the owner right, or he's going to do right. this. And I also, you know, on, on kind of a deeper level, it was like you, we talk all the time in churches, right, about like the power of just kindness. Mm-hmm. And he completely transformed a town, a team, an owner just by his kindness, even though his marriage was falling apart. Yeah. Even though so he was, was struggling complexity. with panic attacks, too. Yep. Yes. Yes. And so it wasn't like, oh, it's just this. And I actually read an article last week on the show about. Why are people so – why is there this resurgence of Mr. Rogers mm. and also Ted Lasso? They linked them together. Oh, and I it's can that see everyone's that. so mad uh, and everyone's so tired of everyone being so mad and angry yeah. and all of our shows being dark in this Totally. That, it was – I just smiled. It, it was, was like, so refreshing, so, so optimistic, so hopeful. And the, I, part of me, I was like, is this a Christian show? Yes. I mean, you know, just – you're right. He He transformed this little community with his kind. So you watched Ted Lasso. Yeah, that was on my that was on the top of my list too. Where where would it have fallen? Give it to me on the top five. Uh I that's number one. I'm actually really? rewatching it. I liked that show what, so much. Do we know when season two? No, not yet. I keep checking. That's gonna be a while probably. I would right? think so. Yeah. Okay, Ted Lasso, go ahead. Okay. Number one. Next for me, this for, is gonna be maybe obvious. I almost want you to guess. Uh-uh, not okay. gonna do that. All right. WandaVision, obviously. Oh, yes. You, yeah. you talked about that often yeah. when you guest hosted. I am a favorite. I mean, I love Marvel. I love Disney+. Plus. WandaVision was a killer show. So okay. that's that's a top one for me. Well, I will keep in the same vein. Oh. My family, uh, through my oldest daughter, she, she was like, hey, let's work our way through the Marvel movies. I hadn't seen any of them. We have now watched nine. Brian! And I believe the past two months tops. It's become a great family thing we do. This is amazing. So it has been. It is. Do you have a favorite yet? 
Mm, they've all started to run together. <laughs> You're like, which uh, one I've is which? I really enjoyed them, though. They're great movies. They have been good, and I think we're not. I think we just did Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I think those are hilarious. Have uh, you watched Thor Ragnarok? That's one of my favorites. I don't think so. Okay, we watched one there. of the Thor ones. But I think Thor Ragnarok is maybe, I don't know where the where it is. My daughter, but. she just says, we all decide to watch a movie and she puts it on. I and love it. It's been really fun. And it's been so long since I even watched movies that, yeah. that just to sit and watch movies. That's fun to do as fun. a family. I like that. Yep. Okay. Next. Okay. Next. My turn. Um, oh, I'm going to kind of stick with the same vein too. The Mandalorian. It at all. Uh, you didn't watch The Mandalorian? Not you didn't one. watch Mando? Baby Yoda? Nope. Grogu? In fact, I got tired of all the Baby Yoda stuff people were posting. <laughs> Brian, you are an old man. That was our, you know, that was our Friday night thing as a family. Last year and then again this and then again this year. So I, every Friday night we get pizza, we watch Mandalorian, we switch to WandaVision. I, was say, I that, thought that was your well, WandaVision When thing. Mandalorian <laughs> ended, WandaVision came on. Now we're watching Captain America and Winter Soldier, but... Yes. This is a thing uh, in your house. Mandalorian is another top one. I love that show. I would highly recommend it. Okay. This may or may not be on your list. I know you just tweeted about it last night, but early on in the pandemic, we watched The Chosen, which you and I were talking about this because, and, uh, you know, if you've been around the show, you know, Dallas Jenkins has been a regular on the show. We're hoping to have him on again as The Chosen 2 comes on. But so much of the Christian entertainment industry is just really cheesy. Yes. Uh, I won't name names, yes. but a lot of it is. Like, I agree. It just tends to be worse than it's like a Christian the version non-Christian. that's a step yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. You know, whether it be music or whatever, The Chosen is just phenomenal. It is great. Yes. And uh, we watched it as a family when it first came out because I knew of it from Dallas mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, if you've not watched The Chosen, you need to. I believe it's free. And so uh, it's a quick watch because it, it will bring scripture. It'll bring Jesus to kind of uh, it will just it, it will add a whole new kind of dimension. I should That's say. That's it. It's a, like a whole a picture. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite part? I'm guessing The Chosen's on your list. So The Chosen is on my list, but I just started watching it. I'm brand new to it. I have avoided it for that reason. I was afraid it was going to come across as sort of derivative or cheesy. And instead, I have been blown away. And the first episode, I don't want to spoil it if you haven't watched it, but there is a moment when Jesus shows up and he calls someone by their true name. And I was just yeah. sobbing. I mean, yeah. it is, it's a great show. It's, but that is actually was, on my list, too. It was Mary Magdalene. How do you know my name? Thus says the Lord who created you. And he who formed you. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. <gasps> you, re- <laughs> Brian, spoiler alert. What what Dallas and his team does with uh, with Matthew. Oh, have you was that in was that in episode one? So he was in episode one. And the whole time, Kevin are like, who is that? Is that the rich wrong? You ruler is that? I mean, you know, you're going through all yeah. your Bible knowledge. And then they called him Matthew. And I was like, oh, that's Matthew, yeah. the tax collector yeah. before he came to Christ. I yeah. mean, that was cool. No, he's going to play a big role throughout it. Okay. That well, I actually talked to Dallas about it a while on one of the shows because, I mean, more or less, he has Matthew basically on the autism spectrum. And it's uh, as the show goes on, you're going to see that oh, cool. more and more oh, where cool. you're like, I, what's going on here? So anyway, okay, give me one more. Okay, one more. Are you ready? Yeah, I am. Um, this is my last one. Uh, Genius. It's on Hulu. Okay. And this the specific... Uh, season I'm talking about is Genius Aretha Franklin. So Ron Howard does these shows called Genius. They're not documentaries. They're like retelling of 
true historical figure. So oh, okay. he did Albert Einstein. He did Pablo Picasso. And this season was Aretha Franklin. And it was fascinating. Wow. So is it to, like a documentary? It's like a documentary, but with but um, fictionalized. So fantastic actors, actual scripts. And you see the story of her life, especially growing up as a gospel singer. Um, a lot of the hardship she went through as a young girl, which I didn't realize she was essentially raped several times as oh. a young girl on the gospel circuit. She had two babies when she was 14 years old. And so you see her story, you see her dad as a preacher, and you see how she came up in music and became the success that she is. And uh, it, I mean, it's kind of a dark show, to be honest, yeah, but it, it was like fascinating to watch, especially if you if you like behind-the-scenes creativity and, um, you know, art, artists and how they struggle, really, really interesting. And, I mean, I keep talking about the Denzel Washington thing, but... In some ways, she built a career and didn't build a life because mm. of her pain. And mm. so it was pretty, it was interesting to watch. Okay, what's, okay. you have another one? Your last one? Well, the very first week of the pandemic, my son and I watched on successive nights, Rocky 1, 2, 3, 4. <laughs> and uh, there is a lot of bad in the pandemic. That was not one of them. Rocky was only good. <laughs> Kevin loves watching Rocky with our oh boys. Oh, gosh. It's uh, good debates over which is the best Rocky, but that's like the What's the best Rocky for you? It's controversial on my part. I, I'm a Rocky Four guy. I'm a Rocky Four with Rocky, the Russian. The Russian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Love the Russian. Love Rocky Four. But... Okay, did you watch uh, the Apollo Creed yeah. movies? Yeah. I liked those. Really I liked good. Michael I, B. Jordan. I mean, that was good. I did. I liked them a lot. They were not probably watchable for my 13-year-old That's yet. There true. There were some parts of it. So it's one thing I like about the original Rockies. You're like, yeah, sure. You, you can, can watch those with them. your kids. Yeah. All right, this was fun. Maybe we'll do more top five I like top the five lists. There we go. So you can get to know us a little bit better. Coming up next, I want to go back to Twitter. Uh, a fascinating thing that I saw on Twitter from one of our favorite reads here at The Common Good. Going to do that next year on The Common Good. AIM 1160, hope for your life. Everybody, welcome back to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Really glad to have you with us on day one of this kind of next season of The Common Good, where Aubrey Sampson and myself, we will be uh, leading this show together. I could probably stop calling you Aubrey Sampson. No, keep calling me. I like it. Aubrey Sampson. You're Brian Fromm. Okay. I mean, I think we could be more friendly than that. Like, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how today goes. We'll decide see. tomorrow. Maybe by show three. Could you call me Ms. Ms. Sampson from now on, please? <laughs> Dr. Sampson. Oh, that's funny. Reverend, that's funny. Reverend Sampson. Are you, you said you're in grad school. Are you getting a doctorate? Where, well, where are you going to end I, up here? Uh, I think so. Or, or I, right now I'm getting my master's, but there is talk of our master's program moving straight into a doctoral program. And if I can continue at the pace that I am, I would like to continue. So you will be calling me Dr. If you Aubrey get Samson your doctorate, then, then I will call you Doc. Okay. That Deal. will be the show. Deal. I like it. Wow. A doctorate. I've we'll never once considered doing more schooling. <laughs> You're like, I am over it. I am so done. I got my master's. I was like, I'm done. I'm <laughs> I have done. learned all I need to learn. Oh, it's so funny. Okay. Twitter. Uh, we've talked a lot about social media today, but one of our favorite people follows on Twitter, articles, books, friend of the show, a pastor named Scott Saul. Oh, he's so great. So wise. So we'll have him back on the show another time. But Scott, uh, he is a pastor down in Nashville. Uh, jokingly told Ian, hey, now you, now you can personally stalk Scott Saul. So you can just show up at his church or at his <laughs> office uh, instead of us doing it online all the time. But he uh, is a great follow on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to I, I want just listen to what he said. And I want your reaction to this. Here we go. Scott Sauls wrote on Twitter, Bonhoeffer, you guys, he wrote this. Those who love their dream of a Christian community more than they love the Christian community itself 
become destroyers of that Christian community. Wow. Let me read it again. So is he quoting Bonhoeffer? Apparently so. Apparently so. So we should make sure to attribute that, although that feels like something Scott Sauls would say. Sure. He says, yeah, now without a look at the actual tweet, it's very much a quote of Bonhoeffer. He writes, those who love their dream of a Christian community Mm. more than they love the Christian community itself become destroyers of that Christian community. Attempt to unpack that for me. And what do you think Dang. about it? I mean, again, I just feel like preach. Yeah. Um, so I think that is true, right? When we have an ideal in our minds, a dream in our minds of what something should be, it is easy to, one, get frustrated when it's not what it is. And we all know Christian community is not ideal, right? Yes, it yes, is messy. Yes. But then I think that also allows us to keep ourselves at an arm's length mm. rather than actually diving in and loving people where they are and letting people love us where we are. Yes. If we have this expectation, it's supposed to be X, Y, Z. Um, I'd be curious for Bonhoeffer, you know, obviously he's in Nazi Germany mm-hmm. writing that. So is he talking, you know, what was the Christian community ideal at the time that he's That's talking about? That's a good point. I don't know, but there is for me, I resonated. Why did I put this in here? I resonated with this because uh, you said something important that people might feel uncomfortable when we say it. Like Christian community is hard. It is hard. I often don't like the Christians around me. Right. And they often probably don't like me. Right. Like that's not a statement of arrogance, but right. there's still personality conflicts. Like the church is messy. Let's talk about the church community, right? Because that's where a lot of us have our closest Christian yes. community. The church is really messy. There are times I'm with people at church and I'm like, man, I love this. This is just deep. And yeah. This is beautiful. And there are other times I'm like, it's so hard. Oh, just get me home. Yeah. Like, let's just go like and and you can go. We know what I'm going to hold off until I have this idealized Christian community, which never exists. It does exist. not and, exist. And and where you go, OK, I'm going to wait. And then you start yearning for it and you start almost looking badly at the people you're actually in community mm. with. Uh, and we don't need to look much further than Jesus's closest community. Like what yeah. a what a messed up crew of guys that was. Yeah, little ragtag group of yeah. sinners. Yeah. So uh, I think Bonhoeffer, I, I think one uh, another good Christian word we can use here is like if you if you were if your dream if your idol of Christian community is if there's this idol you've got and nothing's ever going to live up to it yeah and then you end up just pulling out and and for you and I we're pastors it might be you know what I'm going to keep my congregation at arm's length Mm -hmm. like I'm going to for other people it's like I'm just going to get out of the church yeah because why do people leave not just churches in general but you know their specific church it's like I don't know these people aren't you know, they posted something I don't like yeah. or they said something I don't like or right. I don't really like being around them or whatever else it might be. And there are certainly times to leave churches. I'm not suggesting that's not the case. But I do think he's onto something here. This idea of like, oh, if I just found the perfect group of friends or the perfect Then I can group. stay committed or then I can be in. I do see that a lot. People are leaving the church because they don't like X, Y, Z or um, the affinities don't match or whatever it is, rather than um, seeing the church as this like body and this family that you're a part of, therefore you're committed to thick or thin, ugly, pretty. And, and it becomes, um, yeah, obviously, like you said, there are times to leave abuse of power. Mm -hmm. God moves you on uh, theology is, is not biblical things like that. But I feel like people are leaving just because, what Bonhoeffer said there, the Christian community isn't matching their ideal, and therefore they're like, I'm out of here. Well, you go to some other Christian community, you're going to have the same issues. The grass right? isn't always greener on the other side, right? The grass so, is greener where you water it. Oh, did you make that up? I wish I did. That's from a rap song. 
You're so youthful. <laughs> <laughs> youthful. But it is. The grass is green where you water it, not on the other side. <laughs> it's from a rap song. Okay. I got. I have to work that in sometimes. I mean, yes, week, I made it I up, Brian. Yes, I did. I made that Again, up. Again, that just showed your youthfulness in my age. <laughs> Is that, did you make that from a rap Oh, those rap songs. <laughs> those rappers. Those rappers. So what would you say pastorally to somebody who says, you know what? Oh. I don't like Christians. Yeah. Churches have been messy yeah. for me. So not abusive. Not, you know, like we said, there are times to leave. Right. Uh, so, But not theologically different. Not abusive. Just, I don't know that I have the energy to be in community. What would you say to them? Mm-hmm. Either to correct them or to say, hey, maybe take this path mm-hmm. towards it. What would be some advice for people? I think I would say, I agree. I am with you. I don't like Christians either. I'm one of them. And I'm I don't say, yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I think I actually would probably affirm, yes, I hear what you're saying. But I would ask the question, have you dived in? Like, have you committed to whatever's in your church community, whether it's a small group, a community group, a missional community? Have you really, really dived in, been intentional for a yeah. couple years to invest in relationships. And then this is the other thing. I think sometimes church folk expect everyone to serve them and come after them mm. and pursue them. And I, I, that does matter. We all want to be pursued. We all want to be loved. But have you intentionally gone after relationships? Have you pursued people? Have you made the phone call or the text message and not just waited around for everyone to come after you? If you've done that for a number of years and you haven't found life and fruitfulness and good relationships, I mean, I think then maybe that's something to evaluate. Yeah. Um, But if you really, I think people who feel like, hey, I don't like Christian community, I don't know that they're really in Christian community diving and committed to it. Yeah. What would you say to someone who came to you and said that in your church? Yeah, I think you make a good point. Like, try. Try. So I've told people this story before. When I was younger, younger, I was a youth pastor at Glen Ellen Bible Church, and I kind of decided I need... Non, I need some other guys in my life that I can talk to. I, it was super awkward, but I went up to a guy at church, not like a mentor, like a guy my age. Yeah. And was like, hey, we don't know each other great, but let's grab breakfast every week. Love it. It was super awkward. And he turned into a good friend. Unfortunately, not really a friend of mine now because of proximity, yeah. but uh, it was somewhat weird. And I, I would encourage people to do that. Let me make also a, a plea out there. We've got pastors who listen to this show. Uh, a lot of times pastors are the worst at this. That is so true. Where they go, well, my church needs community. I'm going to name my church community. They're, we're going to have small groups. And then pastors like, but I don't I'm not going to be in a small group. Yeah. Super uh, dangerous. And yeah. even if you don't think, because I think there's a discussion to be had about can pastors have true community within their church? Absolutely. But that's not a that's not a reason to go. So therefore, I don't need community. Go right. find other pastors. Go get in a community with other pastors. Exactly. That's right. Get in other leaders in your city in your yes. neighborhood if you don't feel like you can be yourself in a small group in your own church. Yes, and ultimately I would say the book of Hebrews says find ways to spur one another on. You need people to spur you on. Yes. So if you're like, no, it's just me and Jesus. We're on an island. You're going to be in trouble. It's not going to work out for you. And pastors, that goes for you as well. Uh, and that's coming from two pastors. That's a good word. <laughs> that is a good word. We've learned those lessons. We have. Well, we're going to end the show coming up next. Uh, I want to reflect one more time on Easter. So we're, you know, we're we're kind of flying past Easter here. Uh, I want to talk uh, with Aubrey about where to, what, it, why is Easter hopeful? Why is Easter mm. such a big deal? Let's talk uh, pastorally. Talk Easter next year on the Coming Good AM eleven sixty. Hope for your life. Everybody, welcome back to the Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Really glad to have you joining us on our maiden voyage, our first show together for Aubrey and I. 
We've done a couple shows where she was the guest host. Right. You got to like treat the guest host nicely. You do. You have to like gloves. hold your kid gloves. But now yeah. you're like, okay, you're on. Yep. You're getting a paycheck. We're That's going right. at it now. No and more so, messing around. Nope. Nope. And so it's been a lot of fun. And the good news is we get to do it again tomorrow. So uh, Aubrey and uh, her husband, Kevin, started a church called Renewal Church in West Chicago. Uh, I uh, started and lead a church called Four Corners Community Church in Darien. Uh, so both local pastors, and we're coming off Easter. Yes, big day for the church. The Super Bowl of <laughs> That's days. Right. And it was even bigger for you guys because you said this was the first time you guys Our have met in Sunday. a year. And so I've been doing the, the show by myself the last couple of days, and something I've tried to do is to keep circling back to Easter because mm. here's – I at least do this. You're like Easter, Easter, or Christmas. You build up, and then it ends, and you're like, okay, what's Move next? Move on. Here yeah, yeah. And that's dangerous. Like we, you know, you want to live in light of Easter every day of your year, but especially the week after Easter. So I want, I thought it would be fun to end the show and and meaningful to end the show. Going, what is, let's remind people Mm. of the hope of Easter. What makes Easter uh, important? So let's have a pastoral moment. How would you just kind of take it any direction you want, but just kind of reflect upon, wrap up Easter for people who might be struggling out there. Maybe they're not struggling, but they're busy. There are people in all different places. Yeah. I mean, I I would say what I find to be one of the most beautiful things about Easter besides, I mean, let's just say the resurrection of Jesus Christ that allows us to walk in freedom from sin, um, to be free from the principalities and powers of darkness, Mm -hmm. to experience uh, overcoming the grave to walk in new creation, to to walk in Christian community, and then to have the hope of heaven. There's no greater miracle, right? Right. right. And I think to me that's it. Like sometimes I feel like, I mean the 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 work of the cross itself, forgiving us for our sins, is one incredible layer. Then you think about the fact that Jesus overcame death and mm-hmm. overcame evil and proclaimed victory over all darkness and um, it's, I think the work of the cross and Easter Sunday is so much bigger than we even realize. Yes. And to me, it's good to stop and remember, especially in a year of COVID, especially in a pandemic, especially in a year when the election may or may not have gone the way that we wanted it to, especially when current events right now are reminding us of how hard this uh, year has been that God is on the throne, mm-hmm. God is making all things new, and that we get to see glimpses of the resurrection even now mm-hmm. as we walk each and every day. Absolutely. I think one of the, uh, I, I've been doing articles through the week, Kel, uh, Tim Keller, Scott Sauls, David French, uh, reminding people that the resurrection is not just about the victory that we have where, where, okay, there's coming a day where I will have not have to deal with sin and death and uh, and any of the brokenness of the world. And that's hopeful. Like, yes. We want to hold on Amen. to that. But it also changes everything now. That's it. Like I can have hope now in my present and uh, that, that the empty tomb is the foundation of everything. Yeah. I, I, I played a clip yesterday from Tim Keller in which he said he's in the midst of a cancer battle. that's right. probably going to kill him. Right. Uh, and he said because of the resurrection, I'll never forget his exact phrase was everything's going to be fine. Oh, makes me want to ball my everything's eyes Everything's going to be fine. And there there's so go. many people out there right now who need to hear and, and I, we don't say it flippantly. Like right. pastors, you know, we could just say everything's going to be fine. And you'll be like, what do you know? Like what? You, no, everything's going to be fine because of something. It's because of the resurrection. Yeah. And the tomb is still empty. Yeah. That victory that Paul talks about uh, is our victory. And and because of that, you can endure, persevere, have hope, mm-hmm. have joy. 
uh, all of it. And, and that's why it's so important to live in light of Easter, not just on Easter. Yeah. Uh, but throughout, I don't know how to $64,000 question. It's the second time I use that dumb phrase. That makes me old too. Uh, what does that mean? The $64,000 question? Oh gosh, is it from a, useful. it's from a game show. The $64,000 pyramid. Oh yeah, of course. So, of course. Of so course. there's the old saying is, oh, this is $64,000 I like question. it. I like it. Um, how do you live in like, how do, you how do we do uh, this? It's kind of the Denzel Washington thing that we talked about earlier as right. well. Uh, how do we, how do we live more like this? I mean, by the grace of God, we do it. You know, I I know at the beginning of January when we're all sort of setting resolutions, I don't tend to set resolutions, but I do try to think of new postures. And mm. I felt the Lord say to me, the way you start this year is the way, is going to set every day for this year. And so mm. I just began to every morning go back to some like old school devotion time, just being with the Lord in his word, praying, um, practicing silence so I could hear from the Lord and just asking the Holy Spirit to fill me up for that day so I can live in light of the resurrection, like yeah. you said. Um, and then, you know, I, turn on your Christian music, watch The Chosen, be in Christian community. It's not always about doing, yeah. but there is a posture of just being with Jesus, reminding yourself of his goodness and his power that God is for us, not against us, that I think helps us get there. But of course, it's by the grace of God. We're, we're yes. limited humans. We're not going to always do it well. How do you do it, Brian? Yeah, there's this, been this phrase that's been ringing. It's from a rap song, I think, <laughs> that says uh, that I've been using in our church a lot and using on the show a lot is that uh, I don't think for me uh, that, that the, the issue is rarely for other Christians, I know, but for me, it's not going to be apostasy. It's not going to be yeah. heresy. It's going to be complacency. There you go. And familiarity. Wow. And so I need to do things that kind of shake me out of complacency and familiarity. Some of those things you mentioned are great. Sometimes it's literally listening to worship music yes. or watching The Chosen. Sometimes it's just reading my Bible and being like, when's the last time I just slowed down and read it? Like, not trying to get through it. And but not just, trying to write a sermon, but just like, yes. Lord, speak to me through your just, word that's alive. When's yeah. the last time I went for a walk where mm. I just prayed? You know, and those types of things. Uh, it's I have to fight complacency and familiarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and when I can do that, then I'm reminded, man, like this is this is the, the foundation of everything. And yeah. so we wanted to end that way uh, because we want to live that way. We want the resurrection of Jesus Christ to be the foundation of our show. Yes. Of our lives. And uh, we hope that that was encouraging to you. Aubrey, we did it. We finished show it's one. It's official? As far as we know, there's going to be a show two. There might be somebody waiting we'll outside We'll see what happens studio. after we leave the studio, right? <laughs> if you do not hear us tomorrow, then you know we said something. Uh, but I'm pretty confident that we will be back. So this is fun. This Here is we fun. Go. Air high fives across Boom. the studio. Across we the studio. did it, we have, Brian. We have, we have a plexiglass between us. Yes. Uh, so, But we are in studio together. Well, join us, Aubrey and I. Join us from four until six again tomorrow. Uh, Until then, we hope that you have a great night. For Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. You've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life.